Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building, nigga. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. We are back to preview the Mayakoba Classic, the final event of the 2020 calendar year. We are in the 2021 season, the final event of the 2020 calendar year. It's actually a pretty loaded field down there in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. You can find the podcast at Always Press DFS. And as always, my co-host on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, my friend? Man, I'm all right. They're... Uh... Woke up to about two inches of snow outside. Uh, it's no golf season back in Kentucky, huh? It's, uh, I mean, it was November until today. I guess today's December, but this is just ridiculous. You <laughs> well, doing it's all right? It's fair. Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, it's about uh, 62 today. Um, yeah, it's a little chilly. This was 31 this morning. Ice on oh, the man. ice on the vehicles this morning. So, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. But uh, we could use the rain. So if you want to give us some, it's cool. Yeah, but, we yeah. don't need any more. Yeah, we're uh, we need it, but uh, other than that, we're good. How was the the Thanksgiving holiday? Everything good in the the Jesse household? It was good. Just uh, dad came over, and that was it. Just a small gathering. Yep, yep. yep. Mom Yourself, and, mom, and her husband, and then my uh, sister in law, brother in law. So six of us, all family, little little circle that we live in. We got together and had some turkey and uh, the usual stuff. But uh, yeah, basically, just you know, once you have a kid, everyone wants to visit. All of a sudden, yeah. it's funny how yeah. that works. They never wanted to visit. Now they all want to come visit. It's not the they, not the best time in the world. To be no, good. no, that's the best part about it for us. <laughs> so they can't all visit at the same time. Right. But um, yeah, that's about it. Trying to uh, just get through everything. We're almost into 2021, as we said. This is the last event of the calendar year. So after this week, yeah, we might get a wild hair up our ass and uh, do something preview wise. In this, we usually do. We usually take a few weeks off, and then we get kind of okay. Let's get ready. But uh, next main event is the Tournament of Champions over in Hawaii. That'll be interesting to see how that goes because when COVID first hit there, you couldn't go to Hawaii without quarantining for two weeks in Hawaii. So I'm curious to see how it's going to play out here come well, January. I, I think now you can go there as long as you have you have proof Tested, of a right? test. Yeah. Within like 48 hours or something yeah, like that? Yeah, apparently. I'm pretty sure the PGA Tour can make that happen. Because I, I, I do know a, a, like a Facebook acquaintance who went there, and he's been just – taking pictures all over the place so i'm assuming he's not quarantined into his hotel room yeah people seem like they're living life in hawaii pretty well so yeah. it's it's not it's, it looks like it's even better than it used to be so, right yeah but uh, people are here for golf so let's talk some <laughs> golf uh, i'll be totally honest did not watch the match at all i i forgot it was on um i've heard a lot of mixed reviews i heard charles was funny which we all knew that was going to happen i heard the overall golf was pretty crappy because you know you have phil mickelson and three athletes uh, did you watch it at all? I did. Yeah, actually, I did. I, I didn't. First of all, I didn't remember that it was on. Um, and then, uh, you know, people were kind of tweeting about it or whatever. So I flipped it over. It was actually pretty good TV, like usual. You know, with uh, that, like the last time when they had Tiger and uh, and Phil, and then what was it? Uh, Brady, Brady, and Brady, Manning. Brady and Manning. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was it was fun to like. I I I really look forward to if if it ever happens phil being a commentator yeah um he knows golf uh i mean they you know i, I don't they don't call him fig jam for for no reason but <laughs> he he knows he knows how to analyze it he knows how to 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 talk about it um and in my opinion he's 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 awesome to listen to uh just as a golf junkie myself so 
yeah, the golf was not good. Uh, Phil hit some great shots, and but Barkley was a billion times better than anybody ever thought he would be. That's what I heard from everybody. It was one of those. That's why they were the dogs going into the the event because Barkley was there to say was going to basically right. weigh down Phil. But uh, Barkley showed up, and it was pretty easy for Team uh, Mickelson. It looked like I'll have to check it out later. I, I literally, like I said, didn't even realize I was on. I was waiting for people to leave my house because family likes to stay too long, and um, I was watching football. I'll be honest. Yes, and Steph didn't play very well. He he just you could tell it wasn't wasn't his day. I think he was maybe nervous, and you know that's weird for uh, NBA MVP, you know, to get nervous. But that's golf, man. Yeah, golf, and literally they could play. They could have played that twelve more times or whatever, and it could have been six and six. Like yeah. it, it, that's golf. But uh, since you did watch it, the, the biggest critique I heard is people are saying you basically need two pros, one on each team. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes, yes, okay. I would agree with that. I, I I saw somebody have a great idea, Tiger um, and somebody else, and then DJ and, uh, and Gretzky. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be I really good. Right. they said for Tiger. Because I've, I've, I've followed Gretzky and DJ a lot at the Pro-Am, and obviously you can hear things you can't hear on TV. They talk a lot of trash. <laughs> a lot of trash to each other and whoever because they usually play with jake owens and spieth so yeah. they all know each other pretty well right and it's a um yeah it's it's like four buddies playing golf like when you miss a putt or something there's like chuckles and stuff yeah. so you wouldn't think you're at a pro event with those so that could be fun i'm with you there but uh yeah i'm glad they're doing it it raises money and it is something fun and different it just they just that they need to go back to what worked i think that that match too was awesome that was so yeah. much fun to watch so it was fun Go back to that, see how it works. But we'll see what the next one is. And I'm with you on Phil. I've said it with other sports like baseball. Uh, and Phil reminds me kind of a, a better Flaherty, or Faraday, per se. Like the personality is there, but he can talk more eloquently, I guess, about the actual game of golf. Um, well, he's, a, a, he's a better A-zinger. He's a better yes. uh, Faldo. I mean, If you opinion. can get a guy in the booth that can actually have personality while explaining something, that goes a long ways. Now, the biggest problem will be, is if he goes to a CBS or whatever, will they let him do it? That's the question. Like, I don't think Phil would sign up for it if he couldn't. Right. But that would be the thing because you got to imagine, like you've heard Faraday on other stuff, he can let loose and they don't let him let loose. And I love right. it when he lets loose. So yeah. we'll see. But that's for another day. Let's talk about the Mayakoba Classic. It's uh, usually in February. We're getting it in November this year because why not? So um, what, do you, or what do you have for some uh, past event histories? We have a lot of event history for this. Uh, yeah, so last year was the, uh, the, the second of Brendan Todd's 2019 wins. He, won, uh, he shot 20 under, one shot over Adam Long, uh, Carlos Ortiz, and Vaughn Taylor. Uh, 2018 was another older gentleman, uh, Matt Kuchar, 22 under, one shot over Danny Lee. Patton Kazar was the 2017 champion, 19 under, one shot over Ricky Fowler. Pat Perez, your boy Flat Bill, 21 under, two shots over Gary Woodland in 2016. Graham McDowell, Charlie Hoffman, Harris English um, have all won this as well, uh, you know, and a bunch of other random dudes. Yeah, and a, a thing you're going to hear a lot this week, the similarities there, and it goes with the course preview, is you don't have to be a bomber here because at El Camion, Camelon, Camion, basically El Chameleon golf course, um, <laughs> It's a par 71, little over 7,000 yards. Very short. Very short for PGA standards. Uh, it's a resort course. That's why you should get in the birdie scores. Like you said, flat bill shot 21 under. Uh, it's on the ocean, so it's always the deal. Is if it's windy, you're going to get low scores. If it's not, let's rock and roll. So it's going to be a lot like the Bermuda, like uh, Punta Cana, 
uh, things along those lines. So that'll be something to keep in mind when I talk fan share later. I've got kind of a conglomerate of stuff there to discuss. But Paps, Paps, uh, Pass Pollen Greens, uh, which you only see pretty much in these o- ocean-type courses for the most part, um, those will be a little different. They run a little slower here. So, again, resort course, birdie-making fest. Uh, distance not important, but you have to be very accurate because there's lots of hazards here. There's sinkholes. If you're not hitting the right parts of the fairway, like the ball is kind of you in a little hole and you can't see where you're going, so that's fun. Um, there's lots like on this around the fairways. You have jungles, you have forest, and then you have the ocean. So that comes into play there. There's three par fives, uh, four par threes, the rest par fours. None of the par threes are over 160. None of the par fours go past 460. All the par fives are gettable based on weather. So it's a very, very scorable golf course if you come out of the fairway. That's why Brendan Todd did very well here. One of the most accurate golfers off the tee in the PGA Tour. Um, last but not least, when you look at the weather, wind does not look to be too much of an issue. They're talking about maybe 10 mile an hour gusts. There's off and on 60% chances of rain Thursday, Friday, and part of Saturday. So depending on when they play, if there's cancellation or not, it's going to be wet. So you'd imagine lift, clean, and play comes into play. Plus, very soft, except this short, uh, you know, not fast greens. This could turn into a f- absolute wedge fest, birdie fest situation. So keep that in mind when you're looking at it. But stay in the fairway, and you can score at will here. If you get out, out of whack, it could be a lot of trouble. What key stats are you looking at this week? Yeah, it's a it's a resort course, so we gotta gotta have guys who make the most birdies, preferably this week with the least amount of bogeys. <laughs> um, and then you know a lot of greens and regulation and or strokes gained uh, uh, approach. Um, off the tee, not not a huge deal. You do have to keep it in the fairway because there are if you hit it in the jungle, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but you know we're talking about pros here. I look at uh, scrambling a little bit, and then there's plenty of course history. Yeah, plenty of course history. Uh, let's talk fan share sports here for a minute. Again, friend of the podcast here, use promo code always press for twenty percent off the package of your choice. Um, guys coming in in good form in the last five. And Pat and Kazire lead the way on that stat. But then we get a little have a little more fun here. Courses that are par 71, 7,000 to 7,200 yards in the past five events. I'm going to make it so guys play three or more of these five. Uh, Daniel Berger leads the way. A few others, Joel Damon, Wesley Bryan, and Abraham Answer are scoring very well in this field on events like that. Uh, Paspalum Green's last five events. Uh, we have Justin Thomas, Pat Perez, uh, Ricky Fowler, Danny Lee, who withdrew, Mark Leishman, and Brian Gay playing well here. Of course, Brian Gay, I believe, won the Bermuda. And so then what I did is I tried to find them all. I might have missed some. But I went through the history on fan uh, fan share. It goes back to 2014 between the Mayacoba, the Puerto Rico, and a couple Bermudas slash Punta Canas that we have in the system here. I might have missed a couple, but I got like 14 events all up here. And when I looked at drafting and scoring for players in this field, obviously not all of them played it, but like Brian Gay has played five of those events. He ranks third in drafting and scoring. Ricky Fowler's played two events. He ranks first. Um, you look at guys that played six of those events. Russell Knox plays really well in these conditions. So th- they're not going to play in all of them, but like Danny Lee, Scott Piercy, Bryce Garnett's played in all of them. And he's technically 10th in scoring in this field. So, it's one way to kind of see how guys like playing on these kind of oceany courses, birdie fest courses, but the wind might pop up and mess with you courses, that kind of situation, course fit, as some would say, since we have a bunch of course history, if you have to differentiate, it's one way to look at it. So we'll go with that. 
All right, DraftKings scoring, and this is one of the best fields they've ever had. They had, I believe, one guy maybe, if not zero, in the top 50 in the world last year here. They have 13 this year. So it's a much more loaded field as guys want those FedEx points because they saw with the shortened year last year, not that many guys on the East Lake like they used to. And getting to East Lake gets you a lot of money and a lot of exemptions. So uh, you, you want to get to East Lake. Justin Thomas, 11-4. Brooks, 11,000. Finau, 10-7. Berger, 10-4. Harris English, 10-1. Obviously, you can make arguments for all of these, Jesse. Who are you looking at up here? Yeah, uh, definitely make arguments with all three of, or all four or five of them. Five of them. Five, yeah. JT, you know, obviously at, at the highest price up here, he's played her one time, 23rd in 2014. Two straight top fours, uh, fourth at the Masters, second at the Zozo. He's playing very well. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't play him. Uh, Brooks, he would be the kind of sketch guy, obviously, up here, um, but he might have the least amount of ownership, too. He's only started here. He missed a cut in 2013 now. He does have two straight top tens. At the Masters, he finished seventh, which is a very sneaky top ten, mm-hmm. um, and then fifth at the Houston Open. Uh, I think Finau's fine, but he'll be he'll be super popular. He's... He's got some weird course history. Miscut 16th, miscut 7th. He gets so wayward off the tee sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, you, here. you know, it, 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 to me, I, I don't know. This is a week to kind of avoid him. Berger, one, one appearance here, 2014, 51st. Um, hasn't played since the Zozo. Didn't play the Masters, but has played okay. Uh, nothing outstanding. And I think English will be chalk again, too. I mean, 19th here, or in 2019, he finished 5th. 2018, he finished 68th, three straight miscuts before that, but coming off a, a solid finish at the RSM, which was the last event where he finished sixth. So I like JT. I think Finau in English will be um, chalky. I think Brooks is a, a decent GPP play here as they kind of pivot off the – I mean, JT will be will get ownership too. Um, but, I mean, JT would be the, the guy if I'm up here. And I don't know that I'll even make it up here, dude, to be honest with you because – I gotta find me an old guy in the middle here somewhere that's gonna win out of nowhere. That's apparently what happens this year. That's what happens and in the fall swing. Every year. <laughs> yep, yeah. at this course too. But yeah, this oh that's right. I I missed my headline. The year Kuchar won was the good old caddy year. Yeah, yeah. That Kuchar was to tip uh, your caddy, folks. Tip yeah, your caddies. Yeah, that's when he gave him five <laughs> two two thousand dollars or something for the week. And he won oh, a million. Man. Yeah, no, this range is interesting because like I like JT a lot. He's looking at the early fan share ownership projections. Kind of the perks of doing it on Tuesday. We have some something to look at here. Um, he's the highest guy in this 10K range by a few percentage points. So that's there's that. But we've seen JT at times. Obviously, a lesson driver course, which might help him. He can get wayward at times, and that could get things interesting. I, I think he's fine, but it's just one of those at that price point. And usually, I don't mind a lot of 6K guys. This week, it's pretty ugly. Like the bottom 7K, I can live with some of them. That 6K range gets dirty really quick, really really quick. So. I might be trying to avoid that. I think Daniel Berger is interesting to me. Obviously, we've been on Team Berger for quite some time. He's projected to be the lowest in this range right now. Um, guy's playing amazing golf. Hasn't played in a few weeks, which makes me wonder, is he going to be rusty or not? I don't think he would be. I'd imagine he's ready to rock and roll, but playing amazing golf coming into this. So 10-4 for him gets my attention. And Harris English, I like a lot at 10-1. He won't be as chalky as you think because you have either going up to like a Brooks or a JT are right below him, and then when we get to the 9K range, I have heard Abraham answer his name mentioned a million times already. So I think Harris English kind of gets blocked out a little bit. He's projected to be slightly higher on than Berger, but like 14%. We'll see how that turns out, which I can live with that with Harris English. 
He's as locked in as they come for hitting fairways, hitting greens, good course history. I think at 10-1, he's very strong. And also, I think some guys will avoid him for the price point alone, like Russell Henley like a week or so ago at RSM, two weeks ago. That price point, people said they couldn't play Russell Henley at that price point. I've already seen guys in our Slack chat go, 10-1 for, or for Harris English, how do I pay that price? Well, you got to look at the field. You got to look at different situations. Different. It's not a bomber's course this week. Different situation here. Harris English at 10-1. I, I can get behind that. And I think it's a way to get off of the, the big boys up top. All right. 9K range here. You got Abraham answer at 99. I, the, the chalk is real and the chalk is valid. Uh, Vic Hovland at 97. Fowler at 95. Henley 93. Zaltoris 92. Neiman 91. And Corey Connors at 9,000. What gets your attention here? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if I, I'd rather go to Ho- Hovland, I mean, if answer is going to be chalk, I'm I'm just not I'm not an answer guy. I never have been. I don't know that I ever will be, and I've lost plenty of money because I haven't played him. So keep that in mind. But but Hovland, um, you know, two straight missed cuts here. So he played the last two years. He has missed the cut in both years. Coming off a, a 15th place finish at the Houston Open, um, has he hasn't missed a cut on tour? I'm guessing since. This one, I don't know. Maybe he missed one in between. Yeah, the Honda Classic, he missed there, and then missed the Phoenix very, Open. Very tough golf course. Anyways, you know he since the restart he hasn't missed a cut. Uh, so I, I'd rather go to Hovland myself, um, I, even though the course history is is not great. Zalatoris at, at ninety two hundred hasn't played here. Um, he rates out very well from the stats model. Uh, Bermuda he finished sixteenth. Shriners he was fifth. Did not play the RSM, obviously didn't play the Masters. So he's had about a month off. I think Neiman at 9,100. Um, he did miss the cut here last year, and he didn't have a great showing the year before that, finished 60th. Didn't play great at the RSM, but, you know, it, it, before that he was playing well. So uh, be interesting to see, uh, you know, how he shakes out this week. But I, from a GPP, GPP perspective, I like him because I do think that Zell Torres and the next guy I'm going to talk about, Corey Connors, will get ownership and, and – Neiman might be sandwiched in between there. And uh, so Connors missed cut here uh, 2018, 75th in 2017. Not great, but, dude, two straight top 10s, including a top 10th at the freaking Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's quite obvious that he's uh, his, his putting isn't murdering him like it usually does. So maybe he figured out something there, and he's hitting the ball really well. Corey Connors at 9,000. Borderline cash game. The only thing I don't like about him is the the, the course history, obviously. Yeah, course history is pretty putrid, but when we think about slower greens, even if it rains, it might help the putting out a little bit. So yep. I'm going to kind of look at that and think, okay, if we get that situation, you know, there's a couple more guys we might be talking about pretty soon that I never play that we might be playing. But I, I'm, I love Corey Connors, and he's projected to be pretty chalky right now, slightly less than uh, answer, slightly less than JT. But um, I'm not going to play all three of them, so it's okay. I like Connors a lot. The ball striking is impeccable right now. You mentioned 10th, 10th, 24th, 8th prior to that. Like he's just, he's locked in right now. And those are some pretty strong fields, as you mentioned. So Connors and 9,000, I love. I don't mind Abraham answer at all. It is chalky. You don't want to eat all the chalk, but, you know, he's, he's from dual citizenship. He's from Mexico. He's been playing outstanding since the President's Cup. Um, you know, 8th year last year, 21st, 9th, coming to 13th at the Masters. Again, it's just, that's because of a choke job on Sunday. He was in the final group, I think, going into Sunday or the second to last group. So um, that's just one of those deals where he's young and hasn't hasn't figured out exactly how to close just yet. But uh, he's darn, darn close. So I don't mind Abe at all. Um, you can make arguments for all these guys that you mentioned. Hovland's interesting. Fowler's projected to be like 7% owned, super low owned. 
uh, 16th and a second here in the past. He's making cuts, but he's still not really finishing high. So it makes it kind of challenging to me. And then Zal Torres, I think he's a great play here. So all these guys are locked in. Answer and Connors are my main two guys, but they are chalky. So if you want to pivot to a Zal Torres or a Hovland, I am all about that. No worries about that at all. That's why it's fun to do the Cascade because you can get chalky with and play Answer and Connors together. And then when you have to, you know mix your Cascade up, you can get different other spots and still be okay. That's what the, I really like about the Cascade is you don't have to completely punt your lineup just because of all the chalk. So that's nice. All right, 8K range in this one. Carlos Ortiz, $8,900. Billy Ho, 88 Leishman, 87 Todd, 86 Munoz, 85 That's quite the price drop for Sebastian. Uh, Harmon, 84 If For those playing Fandle, Harmon's the, the minimum 7K. Just a heads up on that one. Uh, Grio is 83 Woodland, 82 Hal, 81 Domin and Kazire, $8,000. Um, this is going to be a popular range because you don't want to dip too much farther into this player pool. So what do you like in this 8K range? Yeah, I like. Uh, I mean, I like Ortiz coming off the win at the Houston Open. Um, finished third here last year. I, I, I think you know, I think he's fine, and I, I do think that it, with given a lot of these names above, like the eight K range, might potentially be a little underowned this week. Potentially, uh, yeah. Looking, look at, looking at the eight K. Sorry to interrupt you. They're like they're pretty much majority are ten or eleven percent and less. So you're getting a lot of ownership to decrease in this eight K range. Munoz coming off the uh, miscut at the RSM. That's why we're getting that uh, that price decrease there. He was nine thousand at the RSM, down to eighty five hundred. Um, it's because I I played him there. Um, miscut here last year, sixty fourth year before. So the uh, um, the 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 course history isn't great. I told you I should. I turned off my my work Your email. email. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, Works works terrible right now. Uh, Grio at eighty three hundred. Um, you know I, he tilts me to death. He's got good course history though. Four straight made cuts here, including two top tens in two thousand seventeen and two thousand sixteen. And he's coming off a solid showing at the RSM. He did miss the cut at the Houston Open, but made a bunch of cuts in a row before that. Um, so I, I do like Grio there. And I was looking at Howell, man. Um, you know, kind of a mixed course history, but good if he makes the cut. I mean, 20th missed cut, 4th, 7th, 17th missed cut, 6th. So, basically, since 2013, if he makes the cut, he's making a, you know he's finishing inside the top 20, which would be great at this price this week. Come off the 30th place finish at the RSM, played the Masters, made the cut, 46 there. Uh, and then Kazire, you know, at 8,000, obviously past winner here, has never missed a cut since 2015, which is his first appearance. But besides the win, has that Kim? What you got? Um, yeah, one more thing on how there. After you mentioned the twentieth, the cut fourth, seventh, seventeenth cut, sixth, sixteenth, thirteenth, twentieth. His next three years, so it just keeps going. As uh, so, eight of ten cuts, all twentieth or better. Yeah, that's wild. That's, <laughs> that's wild. pretty. That's pretty good course history. It's just basically telling you it's one of those. And I'd love to look back and see did he miss it on the number or something on those other two? Like how how far off the cut line was he? Right. Um, really can make that even more interesting there. Uh, but yeah, in this 8K, uh, 8K range, I like Carlos Ortiz quite a bit. I've been playing him a lot in these Birdie Fest events. Yeah, he can get wayward. That can get nasty, but he's he's pretty local to the area. Um, he finished second here last year. He's got a ninth place finish about five years ago, coming in in great form. He uh, he checks the box there. I don't mind Brendan Todd again. I know he had a rough go of it there, but then a 37th at RSM. We went, when you want to praise accuracy, Brendan Todd's that guy. His putter's just been a mess right now. So maybe getting back here will help him quite a bit. So I don't mind Todd. Grio was kind of the one I was joking about when I was talking about Connors because it's a guy that can't putt. 
but you mentioned he's been putting better of late. He's one of the better ball strikers in the field. So course history can get the flat stick rolling at 83. There's a lot to like about Grio. And for regular listeners of the show, I usually don't play Grio. I like him this week. So take that with what you want. I do like CH3. I have him down as well. And then last but not least, uh, Joel Dahman, eight, uh, sixth place here last year, 41st, 23rd. So made three straight cuts. But it's been kind of weird for him. He's making cuts right now on tour. He's made four straight. He's made uh, five of six, but 50th, 8th, 38th, 58th, cut 52nd. So he's having like a blow-up round in there every time to kind of ruin things. He has a lot. He goes low a lot, but he has some blow-up rounds that make it kind of kind of tricky to keep it going. But I don't mind them because if anybody can get hot in a birdie fest, it's Dahman, and he's one of the most accurate drivers on tour with the driver. So a lot of these guys will club down because their driver can get kind of cattywampus. Dahman doesn't hit it as far as the rest, but he he can hit it far enough and very accurate. That could help him a lot in this event, especially if it gets wet out there and the ball's not rolling a ton. Being able to use your driver comfortably can go a long way for a guy like Joel Dahman. So I won't mind having him in some GPP lineups for sure. All right, 7,500 and above, Jesse. What are you looking at here? Uh, start with Norin at 7,900. Um, he's never played here. Uh, coming off a solid 18th at the RSM. Missed the cut at the Houston Open, but had a bunch of made cuts before that. Uh, has been playing pretty well. Adam Long, 7,800, finished third here last year. Uh, has made four straight cuts on tour, including a 30th there at the RSM. So I like him quite a bit. And then Brian Gay, I know you mentioned him in the in the, in the the fan share stuff. I mean, course history is really good with him. I don't know before 2011, but last year, 14th, uh, year before, 41st, 25th, 28th, 45th, 55th, 5th. Now, not great finishes, but he's making the cut. So, I mean, I would probably consider him for cash this week. Yeah, Brian Gay has played nine times here since 2010. 14th, 41st, 25th, 28th, 45th, 55th, 6th, 20th, 1st. Never missed a cut. Pretty good. Yeah, since 2010. Given, you know, he won a few weeks back, but then he missed like 14 straight cuts. So you got to – he's all over the place right now. But if you want to go course history at 75, not the worst thing you could do. I'm with you there. A couple guys I'm looking at, Scott Piercy, playing really, really good right now. He's $7,900. He's uh, 26th, 6th, 4th, 16th, uh, his last four times out here at this event, coming in 18th, 32nd, 14th, 18th as well. So good form, played well here. Don't mind Piercy at 79. Uh, Ches Revy at 77, starting to figure it out again. He's made all seven cuts. I've seen him play here since 2010. He's made five straight in five straight years, including a 26th, 26th, 14th, and a fourth the last four years. He missed the cut at the RSM, which is uh, disappointing, but 29th at the Masters. Shows he might be getting close to getting back to normal. So Ches at 77. Um, GPP only steps Straka because he can get wonky with the driver. He missed a cut here last year. But current form in fields like this, at birdie events like this, he's going bananas. So I don't mind Sep at 76 and a GPP only. He's got some bonkers upside. And then similar to Brian Gay, not nearly as many events, but Chris Kirk, he's made all three cuts here, 33rd, 48th, and 7th. 18th at the RSM, 44th this event prior to that, working his way back from the uh, ish, off the uh, course issues he had and the good story behind all that. But uh, 75 hundo for a guy like Chris Kirk who can play well and is, you know, he won on the Corn Ferry Tour um, to get his, get back to uh, getting established on this tour. So uh, I don't mind him at 75 either. Now this is where it gets fun because you don't want to go into the 6K range if you don't have to. So 7000 to $7,400. I have a list of names here because I'll be mixing and matching them all. What do you like in this range? I actually don't mind the 6K range. I guess is, is, at least I don't mind it as much as you do this this week. But uh, Doug Gim, 7,400, never played here. 
three straight make cuts, three straight top 25s on tour. Uh, Peter Malnati, 7,300, 59th year last year, three missed cuts before that, and then a 10th and 15th in 2015, 2013, um, and has made five straight cuts on tour, including two top fives in that time frame, uh, 48th last time out there at the RSM. Uh, and then Mav McNeely at 7,200, finished 27th here last year. Miscut at RSM. Um, I mean, he's very boomer bust, uh, but, you know, for a GPP, I, I don't see many people being on him. The looks like his buzz score at this point right now on Fantasy Labs is very low. So Mav McNeely at 7,200, I think, is a good GPP little sprinkle. Yeah, I had Doug Gim there as well. He's going to be mighty popular. Let's take a little glance because I've heard his name a ton. People like picking him to win this event. He's been a top 15, top 20 machine right now. He's only projected to be about a little bit less than 9% owned. I could play with that all day long. So yeah. if that stays that way, Doug Gim at 74, then Johnny Huh at 74 as well. He's been battling back from the medical exemption. Uh, he missed a cut here two years ago, but in 25th, 28th, missed cut 29th, 23rd, first. So similar to Charles Howell for about $1,000 cheaper, he like tops 30s for you if he makes the cut, which is his price point I could live with. Got a 12th at the RSM. 48th, 19th prior to that since uh, his return on the fall swing. So he's a guy I don't mind looking at. Denny McCarthy, three straight made cuts here. Missed the cut at the RSM, but um, again, best putter on tour, slow greens. That can get real interesting for him. So um, he's in play. Paul Malnati, he choked on Sunday. That's why he finished 40th at the RSM. He was the first-round leader there. I'll be back on that train. Um, and then a few others I don't mind kind of mixing and matching here. Adam Hadwin, 10th and 10th in his last two events here before two missed cuts. But coming in some shaky forms, keep that in mind. Matt McNeely, I like that call as well. Vaughn Taylor plays short courses amazing, and especially short ocean courses. Uh, second here last year, he's made all six cuts here since 2010, including a 28th and a 16th. So he's uh, thrown some other top 30s in there. He had a 30th at the RSM. So I don't mind going to Vaughn Taylor at 71, and I love Bryce Garnett. 11th, 6th, 25th, 7th, 6th, his last five events at this event, and I mentioned he loves these ocean courses, Punta Cana, Mayakoba, Bermuda, uh, all those ones. He's He loves playing. He's got a couple W's on these courses. So I'll gamble with a $7,000 Bryce Garnett. He does well on Paspal and Greens as well. So he's interesting. And then last but not least, Camilo Vijegas, great ball striker, crappy putter. So if you think you can get the putter going again, you know, he finished sixth at the RSM. He's had a rough Sunday. Uh, he's made four or five cuts here, including two top 30s. So if you think he can putt, I think he's a great play at $7,000 because he can go low as well. So uh, like a Garnett and Viegas combo down there could do a lot for you up top, and they both have win equity in my opinion. So that's where I'll be looking. The 6K range, you said you like it. What do you like down here? I think there's I think there's some guys to play down here. Brian Stewart at 6,900. I'm with you there. Um, 23rd miscut, 9th, 35th, 71st, 2nd, 2nd since 2010 here. Uh, at this golf course for him now. Two straight made cuts before that, three straight missed cuts before that. Two straight made cuts, missed cut, made cut, three straight missed cuts. I mean, he's, he's all over the place, so he's obviously GPP only. Will Gordon, he finished uh, 55th here last year, coming off a missed cut to RSM. I think he's okay. Hubbard at 6,800, 59th here last year, um, has made at this course three or four cuts. Um, he's coming off a missed cut to RSM. Brendan Steele, man, from a like stats perspective, not good. Like, I, you know, I don't know what he's been doing, or if it was just his last time out at RSM. He did not play well. He shot seventy two eighty to miss the cut, so not great. But at this course, forty forty second miscut, thirty seventh sixteenth. 
Um, and then Kiradek, dude, my dude, 6,600. He showed up on the stats tomorrow. I don't know why. Maybe because he played well the at the Bermuda. Performance. Or he didn't play. I wish he played the Masters. He would have made the cut for sure on the number um, with a birdie on 18. Uh, but 11th at the Bermuda, his yeah, last time out. He's, he's never played here, but, I mean, that's really what it's got to be is he played well there. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping he's uh, turned his season around a little bit. And then dipping down just kind of down here toward the bottom, 6,200, uh, there's Bramlett and Wagner, who I would consider playing um, if you're all the way down there, you know, toward the bottom. Yep, you, you picked up on a couple. I, I like Stewart quite a bit. The recent form, like you mentioned, is shaky, but the rest of it you can definitely get behind. So I like Stewart. I think West Bryan at 66 is interesting. If you want shorter courses with potential weather, um, you know, maybe not these resort ocean courses, but he loves playing over there in Harbor Town and whatnot. So a shorter course, accuracy off the tee, Iron game. That's what West Bryan does very well. Miscut here in a 42nd. is two times he's played. Uh, so you can, you can take a chance on him if you choose. I do like um, Johnson Wagner at 62. He, st- he stood out to me for probably the same reasons you did. His course history, he's made five of seven cuts here, You know, made cut back at the Bermuda. He's 6,200. Like, he had that look at the Bermuda with the, the porn stash, the Budweiser old school hat. Like He just looked like he was ready to party. So that was a, a very I – think, I think Kevin uh, needs to call him up and see – who dresses him? Because that, that's an interesting combo there. And then also at 62, Bohog, uh, 20th here last year, 30th at the RSM. Missed a handful of cuts prior to that, though, and then like a 29th. So he's kind of an all-or-nothing play here, but uh, he rates out well. We're looking at fan share at uh, courses like this. So Bohog at 62, another guy that I don't mind uh, in this range. All right, let's recap things. Your top play, 10K and above. It's JT. All right, I should have clarified that. Um, <laughs> I'll go Harris English. I really like English this weekend, and that price at 10-1. I will enjoy that uh, top play in the 9K range. I'm going to say uh, Zal Torres, but from like a ownership perspective, I'm thinking Hovland. Yeah, he will be lower owned. I'm going to go with Connors. I'm going to eat the chalk there. I really like Corey Connors this week, so you guys will know how my weekend goes by that one. Um, 8K range, uh, give me two guys. Grio and Howell. Good calls. I'm going to go Ortiz and Grio. I'm going to go Ortiz and Grio. I'm, I'm going in on Grio, so this is going to be a really tilting Thursday and Friday. I can already see it coming. Uh, 7,500 to 7,900. Give me one guy. Uh, I'll say Adam Long. I'm going to go with Scott Piercy. I like him quite a bit. 7K to 7,400. Let's go two. Gim and Malnati. I like him. I'll go, I'll go Huh and uh, Bryce Garnett. That'll be my two, but I love the two you mentioned, too. I, I really like that range. I'm going to have a lot of uh, 7K guys to kind of – uh, leak out of that 6K. Who's your top 6K player? Um, I'm going to say, uh, man, I don't even like saying it. I'm, I'm Will Gordon, not a huge fan. I, I like Karadek, but more. I'm going to go Brian Stewart. But uh, it's just usually 6K. I feel like confident in some of these guys. Like we yeah. said, James Holland okay. and some others. I'm just not as like I wouldn't be shocked if there's some of these top ten type guys. I'm but, not sure about uh, being confident in James Hahn though. Well, in his recent performance, it was a couple <laughs> weeks ago, he's he's at 69. We're like, okay, we got to play him. I guess it's pretty <laughs> pretty simple stuff here. Feel, or yeah. we used to have our boy Harry Higgs or something like, yeah, let's play yeah, that guy. Yeah, I'm surprised Higgs isn't there. You know, he is. He's up in the se- low sevens, and I can't oh, pay for I that right him. now. Ah, seven yeah. K exactly, right on the number. Yeah, it's just like the old Lanto rule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you start getting too expensive. We got to take a step back and just appreciate you for who you are. Um, if you're starting out a cash game this week, what three guys are you looking to start out with? And um, I mean, cash is cash would be rough. I I, I did mention Brian Gay. I, I I think he's he's borderline cash viable. Um, I, I think he's cash viable. You know, I mean, 
it's really weird. Miscut for five straight weeks and then win, but that's golf. Um, as but his uh, his course history is good enough. Um, and then I, I think Connors is is getting there, even though he's very tilting. Um, and you know, if you want somebody kind of down to more toward the bottom, Howell. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You got two out of my three. I got English Connors and Howell. That's where I'm starting out. I would uh, I would trust you more than my judgment in cash. I haven't played cash in a while, so yeah, I'm I'm a safety net guy. You know, doing stuff with you and some other guys gets me more in a GPP feel because you guys like to look at that angle. I look at the safe floor instead of the high ceiling most of the time. I'm just trying to win a hundred grand, man. See, that's what you that's where you are. I'm just like I just want to keep making money every week. <laughs> Which I, I'm not saying I don't want to win a hundred grand. Don't get me wrong. Like, but that also doesn't that that also is a good strategy because you don't. <laughs> lose as much so well, you have to have the mentality you have to be willing to know you're going to lose like majority of the weeks if you're going for the, the goal oh i know like yeah. like you can't you can't wait you can't like sunday afternoon go like in full depressed mode you just can't do it you have to know going into it like this is going to happen more than it's not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. it. um gpp lineups give me three you're starting out with um i'd say brooks mav mcneely and then um i would try to fit in like hovland yeah, some might say this is more cash, but I'm going to go answer Connors and Ortiz. I think all three of those guys have a great chance to win. But that's that's me this week. I, I really like those three guys. I know the two first two are quite chalky, but we'll differentiate later on. All right, last but not least, this is a fun field to uh, do the top 20s for sure, but I think there's some long shots you can play here, or longer shots. Who are some of the guys you're looking at this week to win this event or potentially, if you were to gamble, put bets down on? Yeah, Bovada's got JT at five to one, which. Yeah, par- parlay if you're going to do that. <laughs> it's really, really low. I mean, I, I guess that in this field, given his recent performances, you know, it makes sense. Uh, you know, maybe Connors at 30. Um, I like that. Grio at 55, mm-hmm. potentially. Can he win? I don't know that um and then maybe more of a long shot you know if we're way down here Malnati at 100 yeah i like all three of those quite a bit uh bryce garnett at 125 if you really believe in course fit this is his course fit so it's a tougher field than usual because usually those events he plays that he does well in aren't loaded at all so that's one thing to keep in mind but 125 to one makes it even if you want top 20 that or something that could be something to look at we didn't even talk about andy ogletree the guy the the top amateur at the masters who went pro he's in this event He's going to be pretty popular this week in his price range, but um, it's an interesting, interesting range here. I like those guys you mentioned. If I have to throw anybody else out there, I think Adam Long at fifty to one is pretty interesting as well. Uh, you, you mentioned some good stuff on him, and he does play well on these kind of courses, so don't mind him at fifty to one as well. Before we wrap it up, I did have one more thing to ask. I should have probably been a good host and asked it before we started the breakdown. But uh, over the last two weeks since we last recorded, PGA Tour and the European Tour reached an agreement on some things, which the it, which the assumptions are leading to a potential PGA Euro combined schedule in the future or some kind of overlap, something along those lines. Do you see something like that happening? Would you be a fan of that, knowing that maybe a third of our events are going to be on the Euro Tour, which is cool courses to play, but would really mess our world up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I think uh, playing golf all over the world for the best players is uh, is great is for good. the game. I, I, I haven't. I, I I saw people posting about that. I haven't looked into it. I like literally have not had time to do anything but work and then 
gamble on football and then sleep. So <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, for me, I think if we get a more of a world tour or a Euro United States tour, I would, I would be for that. I mean, I think uh, seeing different golf courses, I'm, I'm always a fan of that. Yeah. Like with the guys are all going to be in Dubai next week. Now, if you make it like a sanctioned PGA event, there we go. Like it yeah. makes it even, it's, it's more than just a cash grab. Yeah. 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 So I, th- I think it's fun because, you know, we talk about a lot on this show. There's a lot of the Euro Tour guys I love playing in, in DFS. I love rooting for. Um, it might give them more incentive to come to the, to America to play some events that usually don't play, vice versa. So it, it's good for everybody as a whole. I'm curious to see where it completely goes to. But uh, I think it'll also, I think another reason why it's good is it'll help with like the, the, the Ryder Cups and President Cups where there's been differences in how you pick your teams and all the right. rankings and all that stuff. That'll kind of even things out as well. So be kind of fun to see. And for the dumb Americans that can't play Euro courses in the Ryder Cup, now they might get to play them a little more often to get some familiarity. That'd be good too. Because we don't get embarrassed in like Paris again. So just little 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 thoughts like that. I'm with you. But all right. Final thoughts on the Mayakoba on the end of the 2020 calendar golf season. Good luck. Yep, there you go. Good luck, everybody. Um, we'll be back with you in a few weeks, if not by Sony. I don't think we'll do a Dubai event one, but hey, you never know. We might get bored, but uh, don't count on it. Just going to put it that way. If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about the Slack chat for sure because guys were bored last week and they are putting in Euro lineups, so don't worry about that. They're they're always playing something in there. Uh, if it's not golf, it's something else, but uh, it's free to get into, so just let us know. We'll get you up in there. Check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BDNTrick. If you go rate and review on iTunes for the podcast, that would mean a ton. It helps out a lot. But other than that, enjoy the week, enjoy the year, and have some safe holidays. We'll talk to you again. See ya. Just remember when they come up.